and welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me, of course, and we are talking about Miracle Legion today, and I'm I'm stoked, man. Stoked. Dude, it already feels nostalgic to me, you know? I, I haven't heard the majority of these songs from Miracle Legion, but I've heard these guys, you know? I've heard them in the form of Polaris. So it just feels like a like familiar, you know? And I love that about about this sound, this music. Their music, man, just something about right. it. Right. Well, so, uh, you know, we, we have been teasing this episode um, for a couple weeks uh, originally, we planned on doing like a, a a a combo episode, if you will, and we were going to talk about Miracle Legion and Polaris in the same episode because it's the same band essentially. But uh, the more I dug into Miracle Legion and started listening to their music and stuff, I was like, you know what? There's enough great tunes here to 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 do a whole episode on Miracle Legion, and then we decided to do a whole episode on Polaris. And if you don't know. Polaris is the essentially like fictional house band for the show The Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon that aired in like the the early 90s, right? And it's essentially the lead singer and the rhythm section of Miracle Legion. So anyway, we'll we'll, we'll dig into all that as we get closer to the end of this episode and you know, as we tease next week. But yeah, dude, I'm I'm pumped, man. This is one of those bands that it's funny because, like you said, if you watched Pete and Pete as a kid, like we did, then you know Polaris, right? Which means you yeah. know Miracle Legion. You just didn't know it. I think that was all, like, collectively, all the people around our age group, I think that's our favorite band of the 90s. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> well, going to say that. But, I like, I feel like that, the, the intro to The Adventures of Pete yeah. and Pete is my favorite song from Nickelodeon. Oh, hands down. Yeah, Easily. Hands down. From a Nickelodeon yeah. show. Without yeah, a no, doubt. no doubt. And, you know, it's just, you know what, Q? We're going to talk about this next week. All right. We don't <laughs> yeah, want to spill I, beans here. I know, but, <laughs> but yeah, they are, they are so much a part of the show that they are on the freaking introduction, right? And they're in at and least in, one episode. Yeah, they're in an episode. So yeah. Anyway, join us next week as we talk about that. But here's essentially the origin story of Polaris, right? And, um, the band is called Miracle Legion, and they formed in 83, and as you heard from that intro song that we played, kind of your college rock, right? Indie, alt-rock sound that bands like R.E.M. essentially popularized, right? They got a lot of comparisons to R.E.M., uh, rightfully so, I think, but they're also... Yeah unique in their own right. I think um, the singer Mark Molkahai is, he, he's not Michael Stipe. He's not trying to be Michael Stipe, right? But the the music, the guitar, the jangly guitar and stuff like that is very, very similar to R.E.M. The song structures, I yeah. feel like, are very, very R.E.M. Like, if you hit play on a, a Miracle Legion song, it's 50-50 whether or not Michael Stipe's going to start singing or Mark Molkahai is going to start singing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, I can totally yeah. hear this being an REM song. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and the guitar um tone right. and lack of distortion. Yeah, exactly. All right, well let's jump into this here, Q. 
because I got a lot of songs to play. So again, the band is called Miracle Legion. They formed in 83. And originally it was just Mark Molkahai, singer, also played rhythm guitar, and this other guy named Ray Neal, who played lead guitar. And they they had, essentially, like Mark had, like a loft space that they would just kind of, you know, essentially do like jam sessions, right? And they had a bunch of demo tapes and stuff like that. They never really thought it was going to go anywhere. But then they put out, you know what? Let me let me let Mark tell the story. I actually got a video clip here. Let's just let Mark tell the story here. I started it with a friend of mine, and we were a two-piece, and we just didn't think anything would happen. We made a six-song record called The Backyard, and a friend of ours made a video of one of the songs. We said, let's go to MTV and see what they think. And we went in, and we watched it with some guy, and he said, oh, this is great. We'll, uh, we'll put it on, you know? And by the time we got home, it was on MTV and some regular-ish rotation. All these great amazing things were happening just completely right out of the box. And to say, at that time I thought, wow, this is just so easy, this is great. This music business is, there's nothing to it, you know? That, then things change, things don't go that way all the time. All right, so he started to uh, sort of foreshadow some, some trouble there at the end, but I thought it was kind of funny that like, you know, they just went to MTV. Like, it's just funny to think that you can just go to MTV and just walk in the front door of I mean, MTV and be like, hey, here's a video. I was going to say, like, that's crazy that that's how MTV used to be, right? Yeah. And that that's, I mean, it's kind of a bummer that it's no longer like that. But how cool is that? Like, the barrier to entry became so much lower for bands to get discovered. And it was on a massive platform like MTV. And like he said, they... By the time they got back home, it was it was playing on MTV. I mean, that's insane. That's crazy. But yeah, it definitely um, gave them probably a, a false impression of how the music biz works, you know, because as he was saying there, it's like, oh man, this is just so easy, you know, things just started right. happening. So yeah, like, you know, that kind of got them on the, um, got some, they got them some attention, right, on MTV. But uh, as I was saying earlier, you know, college rock the idea of like college radio is almost like a genre. We talked about it before, right? And I think we talked about the band uh, Real Estate kind of having this similar vibe, right? That's a, a modern indie rock band that kind of mm-hmm. sounds familiar and or sounds kind of like some of these 80s college radio alt-rock bands and also has that same sense of nostalgia that you get when you listen to the music. Yeah. Um, but I've got an interview here. I'm going to read uh, Ray Neal's response to this question because I've never really heard this description of what college radio actually was. Like, what, is it, what does that mean, right? So he was asked uh, by this, this uh, publication, Penny Black Music. The question was, Miracle Legion was part of the college radio circuit. Was that a chain of university and college campus radio stations? Ray says, not really. Radio was very influential back then, and in those days, completely wide open. From what I understand now, radio is all about making money. Now they run a lot of formatted fake radio stations, but then on the college circuit, there was this really strong scene all around America of radio stations, mainly in colleges and universities, that would bring the bands together. There wasn't a lot of university or college gigs as as such. We would usually play at a club in town, although the scene largely generated from college and university radio, and so that way you could make your way all the way across America. So it kind of sounds like, you know, if you got your song on a college radio station, it would then find its way on the other college radio stations, and you could go from town to town and and play 
at these local venues near the college campuses and whatnot, right? So it has nothing to do with the sound of the music. I mean, maybe it does in, in the sense that like these college radios had a, had a preference for alt rock, maybe, you know? I, I guess the scholarly uh, kids from the uh, 80s were listening to this stuff, not not metal or grunge, right? Those are for kids who didn't go to college. I, yeah, right. Uh, all the devil worshippers and stuff. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's let's dive into a tune here. So, um, you know, they put out the EP called The Backyard. Uh, the title track to that record was what we introed in. But this is what, you know, kind of got them into the door at MTV. And this is the radio or this is the album that got college radio play. So this is kind of what 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 got them going. Right. So let me read the rest of the roster here. So, like I said, Mark Molkahai, singer, rhythm guitar, Ray Neal, lead guitar, Jeff Whitershaw drums joel pataxi bass so it's important to name those two other guys because they switch out later in the 90s so the band that you hear the bass player and the drummer that you see in the intro polaris is not these two original dudes anyway let's jump into a song here so if you've been a listener of no filler for a while you may recognize this song because it was a uh it was a what you heard of mine on our episode with Tyler Darling of I Turn My Podcast On, the the, the Spoon podcast guy. Uh, it was our uh, Dire Straits episode. So you might recognize the song, but... Well, dude, and this that was the first time I'd heard that song, and I fell in love with it. Yeah. Dude, like, I this song is amazing. And again, it's like, if you're familiar with Polaris and the music featured on The Adventures of Pete and Pete, you hear this song, and it's like a B-side, right? They've been very consistent with their sound. All right, here we go. The song is called Butterflies. Yes. 
Dude, that song gives me butterflies. <laughs> it, it never fails to put a smile on my face, dude. Yeah. Really. Uh, there's just something about it. And, and you know, if you like that, that song, then you're going to love Miracle Legion, right? Like, if you've never, if it's the first time you've heard a Miracle Legion song, that's, this is it. Like, this is their this sound. Is more of that. Now, um, yeah. you know, they have, they have a range of, of, um, you know, I guess it's not all that soft and kind of like, uh, melodic and stuff like that. You know, they, they can go a little bit more punkish and stuff like that, which we'll hear a little bit later. But like, that's basically it. And like his voice, the harmonizing and stuff like that, that's where you get a little bit of the, like the REM jangly guitar sound, right? They're really good. He is a, he is a really good, um, like hook writer. You know what I mean? Like he knows oh, yeah, how to write yeah. a good hook. Um, and you, you have, if you're going to write, you know, music for a TV show, including a theme song, you better be good at hooks, right? And um, that's probably why the creator of Pete and Pete approached Mark, right? But we'll we'll get into that next week here. Um, so basically, you know, after after this record, and you know, after they got some exposure on MTV and whatnot, uh, from what I've read, they played CBGB in New York and were approached by somebody at Rough Trade Records, and they signed, like, right then and there, basically. Uh, And nice. then they put out their first full length, because remember, The Backyard, you know, even though it was seven tracks, it was or six tracks, it, it was an EP. So their first full length record is called Surprise, 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 uh, and it came out on Rough Trade Records in 1987, the year of our birth, Q. So... That's the year. That's right. And they had a slight uh, lineup change. A uh, bass player named Stephen West uh, replaced Joel in 87. So I had not really dove into this record until like the last couple of weeks when I was preparing for this. And Q, you haven't heard any of these songs, correct? Correct. All right, dude. I am stoked. All right, Q. Let's, let's dive into this here. So... um. Again, this is their first full length. So, you know, they did a lot of touring. They play at CBGB. They get signed to Rough Trade. And they put out this record. Uh, and we're going to play the very first track. The song is called Mr. Mingo. Yeah. 
great song to start off the record, dude. Totally. Who's this Mr. Mingo? So Mr. Mingo is uh, Mark's dog uh, of, of uh, the same okay, name. Okay, that makes sense. So in the, uh, in the, um, the booklet, in the CD, there's a picture of Mr. Mingo. And you can see him right there, Q. Uh, <laughs> looks like a... What kind of dog like is little, that, Q? Like a mini Doberman, or it could be full-grown. Uh, full size, uh, I can't tell. Quentin used to be a professional um, uh, pet person. What, what, what's it oh, I was a vet tech, vet tech for a while back in the day. So <laughs> a professional pet person, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pet person. Yeah, you know, uh, it's got like a oh, uh, an afro. I don't know what's going on. It's got like something. a tutu on and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a very artistic looking uh, pet portrait. So he's saying goodbye to his dog. Saying goodbye that's, to his dog, dude. That's a that's a bummer. Dude. Yeah, that's a bummer way to start off a, a record. Actually, <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's kind of a metaphor for relationships and saying goodbye to loved ones and stuff, but yeah, Mr. Mingo is his dog. Okay. So, um, I guess it's sort of, um, thought that maybe this was a dog that he had as a kid growing up. Yeah. You know, cause you know, it says, so I said goodbye, even though I know I'll die, I said goodbye to Mr. Mingo. So, you know, it's so hard that you feel like you might die, Q. Um. Yeah, saying goodbye to pets uh, is tough. Well, you yeah. know, tough. I have yet to say goodbye to one since I've become a full-grown man. Yeah. Like, the last time we lost a pet, I was still a kid, dude. I haven't really had one since... Like, we've had our dog, Darwin, since he was, I don't know, one or two. And we, we've had him... Our, the entirety of Sarah and my relationship, we've had this dog, so... Yeah, and he's still going strong, but my God, dude, that's going to be brutal. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we went through it uh, in 2020 with my wife's cat, Penny. And yeah, so, I mean, we, we, we got to, 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 you know, put her to sleep, uh, if you will. So we got to be there at the moment, right? So it wasn't a traumatic, uh, you know, you walk in and, and there's your animal on the ground, right, kind of thing. Right. Which some people probably have to deal with, but um, yeah, it's just it's it's tough because it's just you're there and you and as you know, Q, because you you may have been. Did you ever have to do this as a as a vet tech, dude? Every day, man. Okay, I didn't every know if the vet techs would... did it because um no we we didn't administer the euthanasia. Okay, agent, but you had to be there. We, in the room, or at least we had to we had to place the the IV catheter, yeah, dude. Yeah. Which a lot of times, and a lot of times, the the owner wouldn't want us to take their pet into the back, you know, because they want to be with room. Them. They wanted to be, so we had to, yeah, yeah, place a catheter, yeah, while they're watching. And usually the veins were like really weak and crappy because yeah. the pet. So we'd you know poke them three or four times sometimes before we got it. Yeah, it was brutal, dude. Yeah, it was brutal. You're right, yeah, you're right there. Interesting about this and some of their other songs is that like they write about sort of like suburban type things right there's a first record was called the backyard butterflies was the name of a song so it is no surprise that they are approached to write songs for the adventures of pete and pete uh which is a song uh, you know a show about growing up right and again we'll, we'll life and life in, in suburbia, suburbia yeah. in the 90s yeah all right Keith, let's jump to the next track here so here's where things get a little bit more um a little bit more aggressive i guess now we're we gonna just hang out on this album for the rest of the time. No, no, we got we got another album that we're gonna oh. jump to. Cool. Um, all right, so um, yeah, you know these two songs we played, even the intro song that we played, have been sort of this kind of like more melodic, light 
upbeat kind of songs, right? But they, they don't always stay in this in this range. They, they they bounce around a little bit. And this next song is kind of an example of that. So this song is called Crooked Path. That's where I was thinking to myself when I first heard it, you know, that could be an R.E.M. song, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. so so the comparisons are, are like, it, you know, they're valid, right? Um, But they hit around the same time, you know? That's the interesting thing is that, like, R.E.M.'s first record came out in 83. So, you know, it's hard to say whether or not they were influenced by R.E.M., but by this time they may have been, by eighty seven they may have been. But it's always interesting to think about that kind of stuff, right? Especially when the the two bands hit at the same time. It's like what was what was in the water, you know? To to, right. to have bands just appear and and just write music that sounds similar, you know. Always makes you wonder, Q. But yeah, I mean if we know REM is considered a college rock radio 
banned, right? They were when they hit. And so this was just what what the colleges were into, man. This kind of music, I guess. Obviously, we know which band became more successful, but Miracle Legion has certainly sort of gained sort of a following uh, for a lot of reasons, which we'll, we'll, oh, we'll yeah. get into. But uh, all right, so that was our two tracks here from Surprise, 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 first full-length album that came out in 87. So what happened after this was, it's kind of an interesting story. I'll read a, a quote here, again, from this interview with Ray Neal and Penny Black Music. Uh, all right, so here's the question. He says, after the Surprise, Surprise, Surprise album, and glad 12 inch you returned to being a two-piece did the rhythm section get fired or were they fed up and ray says they were fed up i think we played washington dc and they decided to tell us what they thought of us just as we left washington heading to new haven which is like a good four to five hours in a van so after they told us it was a very long drive i'm not going into that but living in a band is a different way of life that's what he says. So basically, the two other guys the hell, like man? confessed on the way back from the tour that <laughs> they hated their guts or something like they, that. Uh, yeah, they really didn't think that through. They should have. Yeah. Maybe. I guess they just couldn't hold it in yeah, any longer. They, so, yeah. They must have uh, must have really not liked it. So anyway, so now there's suddenly a two-piece. And apparently, uh, Mark and Ray, you know, this is kind of how they started, too, as a two-piece, right? So they're just kind of back to their original form. But what's interesting is, um, we've talked about them before, but the Sugar Cubes, right? This is Bjork's band. Oh, it's Bjork's band. Yeah. Uh, invited them to tour with them as a two-piece. Nice. Uh, uh, apparently, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how they how they synced up. But um, but yeah, Mark and Ray started making music together as, as a two-piece. And then they put out a record called Me and Mr. Ray uh, as just a two-piece, which is kind of cool. So it didn't... It didn't stop them from making music, and they probably got some more, uh, some more listeners from touring with the Sugar Cubes, right? Yeah, which is totally. kind of cool. But that was you know pre pre Bjork fame, right? So this is, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, he described Bjork as um, uh, not, you know, she she wasn't unfriendly, but she was in her own thing. <laughs> I feel like that's probably just been Bjork her whole life, just in her own like. <laughs> He's, on a whole other like yeah, realm a whole other plane of existence. Of existence. Yeah. yeah, man. She was in her <laughs> in her own thing. I just think it's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, apparently they really uh, enjoyed their time with the Sugar Cubes cube because they were, um, you know, Icelandic, so they drink a lot. Is what he said. So that was the uh, he, he said that was the um, the most rock and roll tour that they ever did. That's <laughs> funny. I didn't. Funny. I guess I don't know that much about. The Icelandic folk didn't know they were, yeah, they were drinkers. I didn't know that either. <laughs> but here comes uh, the two guys that replaced the rhythm section. Uh, in 92, David McCaffrey joined on bass and Scott Boutier on drums. And this is the lineup that we know as Polaris. Let's take a quick break. So yeah, let's dive in here. I got two more songs for us to play. So again, this record came out in 92. So now we're in the 90s. Nickelodeon is hit. They're about to make some music together for the adventures of Pete and Pete. But first, Drenched. 
All right. This song is called With a Wish. I could repeat, but I won't. That's just as casual as things can get. And I could laugh, but I don't. Cause that's just like waiting for an avalanche. And I could have you. Watching old man Mr. Booth Instead I stand To kiss your lovely Booth on Well that was the innocence Of you And now the you she turns And she turns But the innocence it burns And burns I could have you I know and love, dude. Yeah, man. So great. Yeah, this is this is the same. It time. is slightly different. It is a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, the only the only difference is Ray. So Polaris is just the three guys minus Ray, actually, which is interesting. Yeah, there's something something slightly different about it, man. I wonder if it if it has anything to do with the production of it, or you know what these guys brought to the table for you know ideas for 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 melodies and like his vocals are. A little bit different like they're not as like um i don't it's a little less soft you know we're almost a decade into the band right so like yeah. you know mark's voice may evolve and his songwriting might change a little bit you know so it could just be it could just be his styles changing right yeah but yeah i mean the two the two guys like fit in so perfectly um but there is a slight a slight change right that bass rhythm was great dude yeah in that song. And I, I and it. I will say, you know, what I love about Polaris is the bass, especially in the theme song, which we'll hear next week. That bass line is what I remember uh, about the song. Because right at the beginning, you hear that bass 
Anyway, oh, yeah, I know we're teasing it quite we can, a bit. We here, can all hear it. Yeah. We can all hear if, it. <laughs> if you grew up in the nineties and you watch Nickelodeon, you know, yeah. you don't have to hear it. It's in your it's in your head. You know. Rent free for all yeah, these years. Exactly. Um all right, I got one more track. And then I've got a little um some tragedy to talk about, Q. But let's not get into that just yet. What? We're gonna play tease me like that. Yeah. We're gonna play well, one more track here off of Drenched. Uh, this song is called Velveteen. One, dude, that's my favorite. Yeah, it's a killer track. Man. My favorite of the night. Really good. So awesome, um, dude. Th- that rhythm section, man. They they brought it, dude. I like it when they, they when they turn up the volume a little bit, man. That's it's great. Yeah. So like I said, you know, they you know, they flirt with punk here and there, like with this song for sure. But yeah, man. Uh, my favorite thing about about Miracle Legion and Polaris is Mark's voice. Like that's what does. Oh it, yeah. Man. He is such a good performer, such a good singer. He kn- yeah he knows his voice yeah you know, like, you know like he's just right there I mean, in it this song he, 
he embraces it. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not perfect at all. Oh, it's, but it's just, it's great. It's great. And yeah. this song kind of showcases everything because he's got that like whisper that he does there in the midsection. Yeah, dude. The screaming. It tickled my, my lobes, man. Great, man. Great. Um, anyway, so that song was called Velveteen. I think that might be my favorite, uh, track of theirs that I heard. Yeah. Um, for sure. I did not listen to their next and final record yet, but, um, I will probably circle back to it. But anyway, um, yeah. So one thing I want to, I want to circle back to with a wish real quick, the song that we played last, um, because I wanted to talk about the lyrics a little bit only because, um, it reminded me very much of the type of theme, I guess, that our band Real Estate would sing about on Days, which is the album we covered a few weeks back. Because, you know, I, I think they are the, the, the torchbearers of of that kind of college radio sound, you know? And we talked about how they just sung about life in suburbia and they would sing about, like, young love and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know? lost love and all that the the street lights would shine the way yeah, home or whatever right yeah uh this song is this song with a wish is kind of a similar you know it's talking about uh, you know i i wish i could have you what am i supposed to do with this wish that won't come true in other words like you know that's just your standard like longing for somebody but you know you know that's not gonna it's happen that youthful right? lust that man. sounds like yeah exactly we all went through it we all went through it Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, one of the reasons that we decided to do Miracle Asian after real estate is that, like, you know, that kind of music is, is still being made. And this is sort of like the origin of it. Right. All right. So, yeah, wanted to talk about that, um, but but got too excited and played Velveteen. All right. Let's talk about what happens here. Um, one thing I did want to mention is that uh, the two guys that joined in 92 the bass and drummer, they went on to to join uh, Frank Black of the Pixies as his rhythm section for his little side project, Frank Black and the Catholics. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, I didn't know he had another. Yeah, it's kind of like his, his solo project. Um, but anyway, uh, so, you know, a tale as old as time, Q. They had issues with the record label after this album came out. And it basically sounds like there were some legal problems and like apparently their name was in, in limbo or something like that. Like, I don't know how that shit goes down. What? Like, you can't even use the name anymore, Miracle Legion. Uh, I didn't dig too far into that, but um, okay, it sounds like some trouble was afoot and the band kind of dissolved. And that's when... Um, the creator of The Adventures of Pete and Pete approached Mark uh, to see if Miracle Legion could be the band for, for the show. And, um, you know, he obviously accepted, but Ray, uh, I guess, was still too... The, the, the sting of this label drama was too fresh, uh, so he declined the offer. But, you know, the, the, the rhythm section, uh, you know, joined on to the project. So I, I, I could see that something going down like... So we got to drop the name Miracle Legion, and then we're going to be on a kid show. Yeah. And we got to make up a whole new band name. What the heck? Yeah. We're writing, writing songs see for a Nickelodeon show. What? What is this? Pete and Pete? What? Um. Anyway, I'm glad that Mark decided to do it, Um. obviously, as we'll get into next week. And we're going to geek out on our love for Nickelodeon, the network, and talk about how it 
shaped our youth, man, in a big, big way. And now looking back on it, like, no wonder we like indie rock and stuff like that. And the culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. the indie culture. Yes, totally. Especially with The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah. And that show, out of all of them, I think I connected with the most at that age. Totally. All right. Well, uh, I talked about some tragedy, right, Q? So Mark goes on to continue to write. Uh, he he kind of does some solo stuff. He puts out three albums, uh, just solo work, right? But in 2008, his wife, Melissa, suddenly passes away. And so mm. he's left to raise their young twin daughters alone. So wow. he had twins, Q. Wow. Um, so, so something really uh, special came out of that. More than 40 musicians, including Michael Stipe of R.E.M., Tom York of Radiohead, Frank Black, and others, put out a tribute album for Mark to raise money so that he could keep making music, you know, with wow, uh, you know, after this new tragedy wow. that kind of bef- befell him and his family, right? And uh, the record was called Chow, My Shining Star, The Songs of Mark Malkahai. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, these guys doing covers of Miracle Legion stuff, doing covers of uh, some of his solo work. So we're going to close with Tom York's cover of uh, the song off of Surprise, Surprise, Surprise called All for the Best. And um, it's awesome. <laughs> Man, how, dude, how moving is that? Dude, yeah. You know, to, to, to realize that you had that much of an impact or that, that you're that, you know, loved in the music world that, that, that many musicians, you know, reached out and came together to make a, a, a tribute album. And, cool and it goes that, to show dude? how, how popular Miracle Legion Mark was amongst uh, amongst these big names, right? And and yeah, some of these up and coming bands too. Uh because uh it wasn't just these really well known artists that contributed to this record. So I'm I've got cool. a, a quote here from uh, Mark from an interview that he did uh this website called The Big Takeover. Uh so he you know the the interviewer asked him about the tribute album. And uh you know he, he says that he he didn't have anything to do with it, which is really interesting. You know, it just happened hmm. organically. So, like, you know, word spread that, hey, our buddy Mark, you know, just went through something really tragic. Let's get together and, and put this record out and raise some money for him, right? And uh, the interviewer asked him if, um, you know, aside from the major stars, he says there were plenty of up-and-coming artists who were clearly inspired by you as well. Did you know most of the artists on there, or was it kind of a reverse educational experience? And Mark says... Yeah, it definitely was. Some of them I knew, maybe one guy in the band or nobody at all. I still don't really know why anyone was on it, what the criteria was or anything. The famous people are always a surprise, but the other people I didn't know, some of them are just really great recordings. Because, uh, you know, a song is a song. You can record it any way you like. So it's always cool when someone does it a different way. Uh, and he was saying that, like, you know, listening to some of these tracks from the really well-known artists, like, you know, he, he said that, you know, they, they kind of did it better than he did, right? <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. that's what you're going to think if you're... That's the mindset of any person, kind of artist. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, let's face it. If Tom York does a, a version of your song, it's going to be better probably, right? Because <laughs> it's Tom York. Anyway, um, so yeah, he's just been in the biz forever. And, um, and we'll talk about this next week, but the band Polaris came together for this P&P reunion 
uh, a reunion tour for the show. And they played the music from The Adventures of Pete and Pete for the first time live. So, like, you know, they recorded oh, the stuff for the show, but it's not like they were suddenly Polaris, this band. Right. They, they weren't going on tours. And made more music. Yeah. They just, that was it, right? It was a one and done kind of thing. But there was so much interest in the band and the record because they, they did put a record out called Music from the Adventures of Pete and Pete that, you know, sort of the second wave of um, interest in, in the band and, and the music and stuff. I mean, stuff. it's pressed on vinyl, dude. Yeah, I try to find it every every record store I go to. I'm looking for that oh, record. Good luck, dude. That's going to be a purchase online kind it of thing. It came out uh, <laughs> as uh, on a record store day. One of the record store days had it as a release. I think it was like 2017, 2016, something like that. It's out there, dude. I'll find it. I'll find it in the wild, and it'll be the it'll be one of those moments, dude. Dude, you'll probably holy cry. shit. I would. Yeah. I don't care the price. I'll I'll throw <laughs> down whatever amount. If you if you own a record store and you have a copy of that, please reach out to me on Instagram. I will. Yeah, Mark, send you money. Uh, from Mad World, if you're listening. Yeah, from Mad World please. Records, please. <laughs> uh, there's just there's nothing I want more in my life. <laughs> so anyway, we'll get into that next week. So more of the same, um, but this collection of songs from from Pete and Pete have a different vibe, and it's kind of interesting the way that these songs came about so we'll get into all that uh, but yeah that's it man what a fucking awesome band yeah dude good stuff so again the band is called miracle legion uh if you like that stuff you like all of their stuff and we're gonna get into polaris next week which is uh, essentially the same band <laughs> minus one guy but you know what we're gonna spend a lot of time just waxing nostalgic I can't over, wait. Over uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, dude. It's going to be fun. All right. Like I said earlier, we're going to close with Tom York's cover of Miracle Legion's All for the Best. Go and listen to the actual song after you hear this, because it's, it's interesting, like, what he did with it. All right. Well, like we've mentioned a couple times, you know, follow us on Instagram. Reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, tell us what, what was your favorite Nickelodeon show, right? Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Uh, did you love the adventures of Pete and Pete as much as we did? Uh, do you remember that song? Like, is it just stuck in your head forever? The theme song? Cause it sure is for us. And we're going to, we're going to listen to it next week. Of course. Absolutely. Um, in fact, we're going to pull up the clip and watch, watch the freaking intro on YouTube, right? Cause you have to see it. Um, it's oh, yeah, the full man. package, right? Oh yeah. Dude, I can see it in my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> And Polaris is freaking in it, man. They're on the front lawn rocking out. Totally. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, you know, reach out to us on Instagram or at the very least follow us on Instagram. Just search for No Filler Podcast. We'll pop right up. And of course, you can always uh, tune in to us on the Pantheon Podcast Network uh, where you can find plenty of other great music-related podcasts, pantheonpodcast.com. And I want to say briefly, just real quick, dude. Uh, as always, we want to give a special shout out and thank you to AKG for supporting the show. Haven't really mentioned uh, this awesome mic and headphones in a while, dude, but they sent us the AKG Podcaster Essentials Kit, which is something you can get yourself. If you're thinking about starting a, a podcast, this kit is pretty much everything that you need. 
Uh, it comes with a the AKG Lyra microphone, which is what I'm speaking through right now, and uh, the K371 headphones. And I've said this many times, dude. It still holds true. The comfiest pair of headphones I've ever owned in my life. It's pretty ridiculous. And the sound is fantastic as well, dude. Like, it sounded like Mark was just right there whispering in my ear, man, during that song. He was. <laughs> so, yes, grab yourself the AKG podcaster essentials kit from akg it comes with the mic the headphones and uh ableton light which is like the uh i guess the free version of ableton uh which is the software that i use to piece together the show so really if you're thinking about starting a podcast get yourself the akg podcaster essentials kit it's got everything you need all right well we will talk with you guys next week about polaris and nickelodeon and everything amazing about the 90s, basically. Can't wait, dude. Can't wait. All right. Well, my name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. See y'all next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.